Hey everyone, welcome to Freedom Fanatics. This is a production of the Freedom Advocacy Network. This show is every Tuesday at 6 p.m. on YouTube and Facebook, and you can find it on NGTV as well. Each week we discuss the latest fan content with authors and creators right here. My name is Solon, and this week I'm joined by Harman and Tariq, who are part of the Freedom Advocacy Network team. Um, I'm really excited to have you guys on the show this week, and thank you for making the time. First up, we will have a quick look into our latest explainer video, which fan releases every Monday. And this week's explainer video is titled, Racism is not the problem. Let's have a quick watch. Race and racism are South Africa's biggest challenges. Racism is the number one priority for South Africans. We've all heard this from politicians and the news media. What if I told you these are all lies? Between the noise and the anger stoked by political parties' invested interest, it is difficult to hear the truth about race relations in South Africa. Recent polling investigated the priorities of ordinary South Africans, looking at what people actually want the government to focus on. 53% say unemployment and creating jobs. 22% say crime, safety and security. 18% say fighting corruption. Only 3.3% of people say a focus on racism and discrimination should be the country's top priority. More than 70% of South Africans believe that different races need each other to make South Africa better. It was the American economist Thomas Saul, himself someone who suffered under racial discrimination against Black Americans, who said, Racism is not dead, but it is on life support, kept alive by politicians, race hustlers, and people who get a sense of superiority by denouncing others as racist. Those in power use race and racism to divert attention from their disastrous failures on jobs, crime, and corruption. It is time to call out the lies. Your freedom is worth fighting for. Join FAN today to build a new tomorrow. Yeah, guys, so we just watched our latest explainer video, and I think we did like get right into it. So, Herman, you know, recent polling done by the South African Institute of Race Relations shows that the top priorities for South Africans are job creation, safety and security, and fighting corruption. Yet, these aren't things that we hear from the top politicians in the country and from the mainstream media. Um, why do you think this is the case? Well, I think, um, so there are two questions there. Firstly, why is this, uh, why is, is there some, you know, fudging here, some dodgy dealing with the issues by politicians? And secondly, why the dodgy dealing by, you know, the media or people in the media? Um, and I think if you look at the, let's, let's take them one by one. If you look at the political system, um, I think we have to be realistic that we are in a country with a uh, very, very complicated and profound history of racial injustice. Um, and, and some of those elements are still continuing today. I mean, we've got pieces of legislation and policy like uh, the BEE, which we all know stands for Blatant Elite Enrichment, um, that is racially discriminatory and essentially recreates some of the apartheid legislation by which people are categorized into one race or the other. People should know that the, the, um, the Population Registration Act of 1950 was repealed um, in the last dying days of apartheid heading into uh, our multiracial democracy. So technically, in law, there's no legal foundation 
for saying I am a white person, I am defined to be white by this law, because the Population Registration Act had this nonsense of pencil tests and, and all those things to determine when you are colored, when you are black, when you are Indian, when you are South African. And things like BEE recreate or call into life like zombies, these sorts of policies. So we're in a country with very complex racial discrimination in terms of its history and even its current policy. And the politicians have been driving this for a long while. And if you look at the first half of the 20th century, Afrikaner nationalist politicians actually used the division of identity politics. You know, the British or the English did this to us, we must respond to it. The, uh, fear the black man because, or, you know, they, they are the uncultured savage and they will, you know, take your kids and wives and eat them or something. Um, so we are in the situation where whenever politicians want to instigate fear, they go to identity politics. Um, and we see that now these days with parties like the ANC in their relationship to the, or in their criticism of the DA. Now you can cr criticize the DA for a lot of things. There's a lot to criticize there. But the ANC always goes for, they want to bring back apartheid. They know they have to play the racial blame game, the divide and attempted conquer game because on the real priorities of South Africans, job creation, safer community schools, education, uh, clinics, hospitals, roads, on, on the real priorities, they don't have a good track record. So the politicians of today are, you know, playing the blame game with racial politics because they know it's a convenient smokescreen, it's a convenient touch point that immediately gets some people fired up. So I think that's why we're in a political situation where we don't see honesty about this issue. But South Africans know that. The majority of South Africans' recent polling shows, knows that when South African politicians talk about racism and colonialism and apartheid in the blame game fashion, they know it's just diverting attention away from the actual failures of how, you know, how they govern and how policies aren't making life better. So politically, I think that's why we're not seeing honesty about this. It's the blame game. It's the, we have failed to make life better let's do the P.W. Boerter thing of playing the fear card, because that's all we have left. Um, and interestingly, it's not even just our, our data that shows this. The ANC's own data shows this. The ANC's own opinion polling done before the 2019 election that uh, we, we gained access to uh, shows that these are the top priorities of South Africans and that race and race relations uh, being the pressing burning issue. I mean, it is, of course, an issue, but not the issue. There are other more important things. And one of the polling questions that the Institute of Race Relations have been uh, asking for for, a, for many, many years is how can racial inequality be solved? And the answer always comes back. The majority of South Africans says better education, better jobs. That's how you get rid of this inequality situation that we've inherited after hundreds of years of unjust racial uh, relations. On the media side of things, I think we saw the coming of age of the media in the 80s, 90s and 2000s when the media sort of defined themselves to be virtuous if you, they were against the National Party and against apartheid. But they never made the switch far enough to think that now that another party is in government, we have to be critical. They, I think the, the South African media have a blind spot for the ANC because they have this, you know, emotional, mythological uh, loyalty to this liberation movement. And I think that is giving them a blind spot, making them 
not critical enough of what's going on here. And I think during lockdown, we saw the sad thing instead of telling the truth to the people or, or reporting about the government to the people, we saw this perverse idea where some journalists actually reported to the government about the people, where it just reversed the whole thing. So I think um, because of their blind spot, their loyalty, they buy easily into the narrative of the blame game that the National Party, that the ANC, I mean, these people play it because they're experts at dividing people along racial lines and trying to win the spoils. Yeah, thank you for your insight on our most latest explainer video. And to our viewers, you can catch our explainer videos every Monday. And I can find on all our social media platforms, Facebook, YouTube, and on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Badger of Liberty. And now we'll be moving on to our article for this week, which was written by Tariq. Um, and it's titled, After Damaging South Africa's Economy, the ANC's next target could be our democracy. Tariq, if the ANC can just change the constitution whenever they feel like it, constitutional changes can eventually be used by political figures to evade accountability because I honestly think postponing elections is simply postponing accountability. Hey there, Sholin. Thanks so much for bringing this up. I fully agree with your sentiments that it would be a bad idea to actually change the constitution because, as you said, it would actually lead to people avoiding accountability. I think that in South African politics, there's enough examples to show that whenever the ANC tinkers with an institution, it leaves that institution far more damaged than what it was before. And an example of this is how across the country, there are hundreds of municipalities which are actually bankrupt. There are state-owned enterprises which do not function properly, such as ESCOM. I think this shows us that if the ANC were to tinker with our intricate democratic processes, that would be a serious danger to democracy in South Africa. It would actually set a very dangerous standard where in the future the ANC is given permission to play with democracy as it sees fit. Yeah, thanks for that, um, Tariq. And Arman, I'd like to come to you on this one as well. So as Tariq mentioned, like things are not also looking good for the ANCA because we know that the support for the ANC is declining, uh, the terrible state of the economy, these dangerous levels of unemployment, and even the recent violence we saw that um, broke out in South Africa. And these are all things that will definitely hurt them at the elections. Therefore, do you think that delaying the elections is something they actually want? Well, it's, 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 it's quite difficult um, uh, to, to win an election when the country is both dying and burning, um, and it's your fault. Um, and and uh, that, that's the position the ANC really is in. Um, and, and what the, the recent riots and looting and so on really bring to the, brought to the fore uh, was the fact that this, this sort of violence, this sort of lawlessness, this sort of collapse of society isn't a new thing. Um, it just took place in new places um, because across the country you have the collapse of, uh, you know, policing. Communities don't trust the police anymore because police are either useless or corrupt or just absent. Um, you don't have service delivery. Um, so in, in, in large parts of, parts of the country, the ANC has already reduced the state to an idea more than a, rea more than a reality. And as classical liberals or people who are pro-freedom, we acknowledge a role for the state, but we do think that the state is always disincentivized by its powerful position 
um, to you know actually give the people what they need. So I, I, I do think that if you are in a situation where the country is in a really bad state, where you've mishandled the vaccine, where you mishandled 10 years of economic policy, where you mishandled the integrity of the police and intelligence services so that these sort of um, lawless events uh, you know, can't be predicted or can't be actually properly understood to be prevented, when you've uh, pushed socioeconomic pressures to such a point that lawlessness breaks it down to the extent that we've seen over the last few months, uh, then you really don't want to put yourself at the judgment of the people because the people, is they're going to judge you quite harshly and deservedly so. And the ANC is declining in its support. There's this myth out there that the ANC got 63% in 1994 and the ANC plus the EFF got about 63% in 2019. Therefore, there's been no movement, there's been no shift. But that's just ignoring some of the proper data. The majority that the ANC won in 1994 with 63% of the vote was representative of more than 55% of the electoral support of all adult South Africans. In other words, all adult South Africans who could vote of those 55% voted for the ANC because some people didn't vote. So it was as it were a proper majority. There was a proper decent mandate. In 2019, the ANC, while it got 57% of the vote, it only got the support of about 28, 29% of all adult South Africans who could have voted. So if we're going to think that the ANC is in the same strong position it's ever been with minor fluctuations, you're missing the underlying data. The ANC's support base is mostly rural. South Africa is urbanizing at some speed. Its support base is mostly, uh, you know, facing very simple levels of education. South Africa is slowly but surely becoming more educated. And then lastly, um, this ANC's voting base is traditionally your older voter. And South Africa is becoming, in the main, a younger country. So these three mega trends, plus their recording government, plus the recent mishandling of COVID and the vaccines and the rights, it all culminates in a, in a, in a party really does not want to face the voter because the voter might be very, very cruel to them. But I want to end with this, Sholem. If this election doesn't give a bloody nose to the ANC, whenever it comes, it should be in 2021 October because the constitution doesn't allow for anything else. But if the next elections do not deliver a bloody nose to the governing party, it will be because not enough South Africans cared about getting to the ballot box and showing that things can't continue as they are. It'll be because people who voted didn't actually think politics was worth enough of their time to reach out to family members and friends who say voting doesn't matter. Voting matters. Fan published an article about this a week or two ago where one or two or three or a few hundred votes out of millions made the difference between one party winning and another one losing. So if the ANC survives electorally long enough, it'll be because South Africans couldn't be asked enough to pitch up and vote and get other people to vote for change. It's up to us. It's up to you, the listener. So if this country goes down the ANC route, I mean, if you want to know whose fault that is, you could take a selfie. Yeah, I think that's really encouraging, HB, because I think we all have a responsibility to 
get at least one person along with us and go to the ballot box and actually cast our vote because then I think we'll be able to see a political realignment um, that will probably be an historic time for South Africa, for sure. And guys, you can find all our written content on our website, freedomadvocacy.net. And I think now that we've reached the end of this episode, don't forget to catch us every Tuesday at 6 p.m. on YouTube and Facebook. And to join FAN, you can sign up at freedomadvocacy.net. And remember, guys, your freedom is worth fighting for.